You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode number 16 of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. As always, my name is Scott. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. Hey, we are so honored that you would carve out some time as a leader to listen to this podcast. Uh, The goal of what we've been doing here for 15 episodes now is to uh, help leaders, no matter where they're leading, um, just serve God faithfully wherever God has them leading. And so we want to equip you and challenge you and Also, just a note before we begin, we have been loving the reviews and the ratings and also the questions you've been sending in um, for us to answer on upcoming episodes. Um, There's just a lot of stuff going on at the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast, and we're excited about the rest of 2019 and what is in store. Um, So thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Speaking of Vance Pittman, I'm sitting down here in his office at Hope Church, ready to jump in. Vance, how you doing today? Doing great, Scott. Spring is in the air, man. It's this time of year when we love living in Las Vegas, man. Our weather is unbelievable right now. Uh, everybody's spirits are great. The, the, the climate's changing. And it's a great time of year because of March Madness. You know, we're in the throes of that right now. The tournament's going on. And like a lot of people, I love to fill out the brackets and then it gets busted and you have a good time with it. But no, it's just a great time of year. I really enjoy it. Yeah, we are releasing this episode on April 1st, April Fool's Day of 2019. So Easter is right around the corner. Depending on where you live, as Vance said, the weather is changing, and we're excited to jump into another episode. But I wanted to ask Vance as we start, um, Vance, what have you enjoyed? I mean, we've been doing this now for over a year. Um, What have you enjoyed about teaching leaders through the medium of a podcast? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, Scott. I mean, you know, because you were involved in it, you kind of were the one that God used to really nudge me into this. I, I really didn't didn't want to do this, and you he you said, kinda... "What's a podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, know, you don't have to you don't have to make it that obvious, but yeah, I wasn't a big podcast guy, uh, and you just continued to insist, you know, that we needed to do this, and so I said, "Okay, we'll give it a shot and see what happens." But it's been super encouraging for me uh, on a couple of levels. Number one, just personally, it's been fun because. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually started professionally in radio, and that's that's where I began my career. Thought that's what I was going to do is what I went to college to major in radio, television, and film, and then God called me to preach while I was in college, changed majors, went to seminary. But I did a year and a half or so of um, on-air radio work, and so this has been fun. Just, it kind of feels like you're back in the studio. That part of it's been fun. But then bigger than that on a, um, on a kingdom level, it's just been super encouraging for me to watch and to hear people as I travel and speak other places that consistently come up and are encouraged by you know, the, the content that's being put out and how God's using it to serve the, the larger kingdom of God outside of Las Vegas. Because sometimes we live in Las Vegas, we kind of got our head down, we're doing our thing. Um, and kind of think we're in our own world here at times. Um, and we've had some exciting, glorious things happen, but we've had some real challenging things happen. And the fact that God could take the good and the bad and use it in such a way to let us steward the story, to to share some things that if they're helpful to others, has just been super, super encouraging for me personally. So no, I've really, really enjoyed it. And the kingdom impact it's been allowed to have to serve people around our country and around the world has been, been super encouraging. Yeah, I've loved, I mean, the reason that I that I kept nudging is because we would just be in, you know, teaching team meetings, me and 
a few other guys and you just be dropping these bombs. And I'm like, man, we got to get this around the world. And, and I know you get to speak a lot of cool places, but um, to be able to record something and put it online and literally we get people hitting us up from different countries, serving as full-time missionaries, stay-at-home moms, people in the marketplace, pastors from cities that I've never even heard of. Uh, just really cool to see how God's used this. And really just it's the things that you've shaped in me over the last 11 years of, of working with you um, and and being led by you that it's cool that I, I love now getting to see the rest of the world kind of be able to have access to that. So I'm excited to jump into another episode, um, another opportunity for us to kind of see a glimpse of what God has taught you over the years. Um, and so this is content from a staff meeting. Uh, we mentioned last episode, we have a monthly staff meeting where um, at some point after we share wins and what God's doing in our church, um, Vance comes and just gives us a, a leadership challenge out of the word of God. And uh, this last month, Vance did another phenomenal job of teaching us what he called five musts of faithful spiritual leadership. Vance, where was this kind of born out of as you were in the Word? Yeah, uh, Scott, one of the four components of our strategy here at Hope is what we call God time. And God time is just that time spent daily alone with the Father in His Word and in prayer. And in my own God time, I was just spending time with the Lord. I was reading through uh, one of the New Testament letters that Paul wrote to a young leader named Timothy. The letter in our Bibles called the letter to First Timothy, and um, or the first letter to Timothy, I should say. And Paul's writing this letter to this young leader. He was young in age, but more than that, he was young in experience. He was a, a newer leader that had been given new responsibility and leadership. And, and these letters that Paul wrote, First and Second Timothy, are two of the last letters, depending on where you date some of the writings of Scripture, two of the last letters that Paul ever wrote. And so Paul here is writing as a seasoned, experienced leader who's been through years of spiritual leadership, had some mistakes, had some failures, had some victories, and he's writing to this younger, newer leader. And the book of 1 Timothy, really, some people say, in essence, it is a leadership manual for the church. I don't know that you'll find a more exhaustive section of Scripture strictly devoted to leadership. Now, it's specifically talking about leadership within the church, but there are some principles that I think are transferable for leaders that are leading in any domain in society, be that in the educational domain, be that in the household, be that in business, whatever it may look like. There's some principles that I think are, are, are have the ability to be applied, but this exhaustive manual of, of spiritual leadership um, and when you get towards the end in chapter four, kind of, I guess it's a little bit in the middle, but towards the end of chapter four, Paul like rattles off these five imperatives, these commands that he gives to Timothy that were just great handles for uh, spiritual leadership. And so these were born out of just my time alone with the Lord and seeing these truths about leadership. And so I shared them with our team last month. So we're going to jump in. I'm going to read this section of scripture out of 1 Timothy chapter 4, and then Vance is going to give us these five musts, musts of spiritual leadership. So it's 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting verse 12, going to verse 15. He says, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. 
take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Verse 16, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. Vance, what are these five musts out of that passage? Well, first of all, it's important to note that um, sometimes we read the Bible and we miss some of the passion and the emotion in the literal text. And here, there's a lot of emotion. Paul is writing these, and these are not suggestions that he's laying out for Timothy to consider as a leader. These are imperative. They are command statements. In the Greek language, they are, there's, there's emphasis here. There's a command. There's an urgency. There's a call to action that Paul is giving to Timothy. So these are not some things we're just reading over casually. They're just Paul laying some ideas on the table. He is challenging Timothy. There ought to be some exclamation points hmm. in this passage of Scripture. So there are five of them. Here's the first one. Lead with your life. And that's in verse 12. That's the first imperative here. The first imperative is where Paul tells Timothy to show yourself an example of those who believe. The imperative is that phrase, show yourself. It literally means to continuously become. And he's challenging him to be an example, which is a pattern that needs to be imitated. He's telling Timothy, Timothy, if you're going to effectively lead Inside the church, if you're going to be an effective leader, you got to lead with your life. And then he gives some examples of what that looks like. He says speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. To lead as an example in your speech means the words that you use, the way that you communicate, the way you talk to people should lead by example. Your conduct is your actions, your reactions. The way you act and react with others should be an example others can follow. He said your love, that's your relationship with other people. Your faith, that's your relationship with God. Your purity, that's your relationship with sin. Paul says in how you relate to sin and how you relate to others and how you relate with God and how you talk and how you act, your life should be an example that others can follow. Something that I've said here at Hope, and I've probably said it on one of these podcasts, is this, that long-term, you cannot lead what you do not live. In the short run, you can get by. You can fake your way through it in the short run. But over the long term, if you're going to be effective in leadership inside the church and outside the church, we should lead by example. Our lives should be those that others can look to and follow by the way that we're living. So if you're a leader listening to this, no matter where you're leading, think about your life. Lead with your life. Again, if we could read this passage the way Paul was saying it, it would be an exclamation point. Long term, you cannot lead what you do not live. That may be a time for you to pause and just to think about all those things that Paul lists out there to Timothy. These are some really, really awesome, transparent things that we can really all evaluate no matter where we're leading. So that's the first imperative, the first must that we're going to look at today. Vance, what's that second one? Well, and before we even say that, Scott, Paul modeled this. I mean, there were times when Paul said to those that he was discipling and training up, he said, you follow me. Hmm. I mean, I, uh, ultimately, Paul wanted them to follow Jesus. But Paul knew he was living a life in such a way that if they followed him, they would wind up following Jesus. And so when you're leading inside the church, the way that you live should be an invitation for others to follow so that they can find deeper intimacy with Christ. But when you're leading outside the church, your life should be a leadership example that should create in others an appetite for who you are and how you lead, which would open the door for you to then share Christ 
as a leader in, in society, in business or education or government or wherever it may be, but your lifestyle invites others into deeper levels of intimacy with God. So lead with your life. The second one is lead from the word. Paul in verse 13 says, until I come, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. The imperative is give attention to. It means to occupy yourself with, to devote oneself to. It's the same word translated in 1 Timothy 3, 8, when the Bible says, don't be addicted to much wine. It's the word addicted. Here, Paul says in one context, hey, don't be addicted to much wine. But here, when he's talking about the word, he says, you should be addicted to the word of God, which means this, as a leader, uh, it's not my opinion that matters. It's not my creativity that matters. It's not my strategy. It's not my past experience. It's what does the Word of God say? And particularly for those who are leading in the context of ministry inside the church, obviously this is imperative. We need to look to the Word. I taught our church um, just here at Hope just a couple weeks ago that uh, we only have one authority for what we believe and how we are to live, and that is the Word of God. God's Word is the ultimate authority. So when we're making decisions in leadership, when we're dealing with conflict in leadership, how do we know how to handle that? Well, here's how we know. What does the word say? We go back to the scripture. We go back to the word of God. And Paul is telling Timothy, man, in your leadership in ministry, be addicted to the word of God. Now, that sounds easy if you're doing ministry inside the church, but actually the temptation inside the church is to do the same thing. You begin to drift and you begin to do ministry based on past experience or what others are doing, and the word ceases to be the authority. But it's it's just as true outside the church. When you're leading in business, there are tons of business business leadership principles in Proverbs, in the New Testament, as you see how Jesus led, as you see how Paul leads, there are practical leadership principles scattered throughout the Word of God that we can glean from in conflict resolution uh, and how you treat people with fairness and equity. All of those are rooted and grounded in Scripture. So you don't need to check your Bible at the door Mm. when you go to lead out in society and in community. You need to lead as someone who has convictions rooted and grounded in the Word that drive the decisions that you're making. So if you're a leader and you're not necessarily a leader inside the church, and maybe when we first said the second must here, which is lead from the word, you might've been tempted to, to fast forward because like, oh, I can't bring my Bible into my classroom. I can't bring my Bible into the boardroom. But I hope, I hope you heard what Vance just said. We as leaders, as Christian leaders, do not check our Bible at the door. We don't check our spiritual convictions at the door. Everything about our lives is grounded in the word of God. And so that's huge. Whether you feel it or not, that is something that you can, based on your time with God, that's going to be an overflow into your life and your leadership. So here's an application for all leaders, whether you're inside the church or outside the church. We need you, and we need as leaders to pursue time in, under, and around the Word alone and with others. We should give God's Word priority in our lives. Our personal lives should be addicted to the Word so that whether we're preaching whether we're leading a ministry or we're leading at the school, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're leading on the ball field, the, the, the convictions that have been rooted in your life in the Word drive the way you lead others and shape the way you lead others in whatever domain you're leading in. That's awesome. So first one, lead with your life. Second imperative, lead from the Word. What's that third one? The third one is lead in the Spirit. This is verse 14. He says, do not neglect 
the spiritual gift within you. And the imperative here is, is do not neglect. It's actually a double negative for emphasis. Paul is saying, don't neglect this. Don't not pay attention to this. The word neglect is literally two words put together. It's without and it's to care. He's saying, don't not care about the spiritual gift that is within you. And we understand that as Christians, all of us have been grace gifted by the Holy Spirit to use our gifts inside the local church and serving the church for the building up of the body of Christ so that it can be effective in accomplishing the mission. So let me talk about this in two domains. First of all, I want to talk to those who are leading specifically in the church, pastors, ministry leaders, small group leaders. You're leading inside the church. Here's what Paul's reminding you, that we should lead from our spiritual giftedness. Leadership in the church is not simply leadership based on your past experience or your business acumen. Leadership in the church is rooted and grounded in your supernatural grace gifting that's been given to you by the Holy Spirit of God. So we need to be sure that we are we are leading out of the grace giftedness that God's given us and in dependence on the Holy Spirit of God to, to carry out that leadership. Outside the church, Obviously, the spiritual gift that you've been given is to be used in leadership inside the church, but your 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 walk outside the church should be done with a spiritual sensitivity. You should be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. You should be walking moment by moment uh, yielded to the control of the Holy Spirit, and as you do that, he'll lead you as you make decisions as a leader. And the temptation in either domain, whether inside the church, outside the church, is we begin to lead out of our flesh rather than leading out of the Spirit. We begin to lead out of our own strength rather than leading out of the control and working of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. And and this is really dangerous because the longer you lead, the greater the temptation to lead out of your own strength. Because as you have successes in leadership, you can begin to look back on your successes and always just do what you've done in the past because it was successful. And yet the Holy Spirit of God may be leading you to do something very different this time. When you study the life of Jesus in the New Testament, he healed, he healed people from, for example, blindness in a variety of ways. Sometimes he touched their eyes. Sometimes he spit in their eyes. Sometimes he spit on the ground. Sometimes he didn't touch them at all. Why did he heal all those different ways? Because at the end of the day, it was about God getting the glory. And if he'd done it the same way every time, people would have begun to put their confidence in the method rather than in the man. Hmm. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit of God leads us to do things differently because at the end of the day, whether you're leading inside the church or outside the church, it's about the glory of God in your life. And when God works and leads us and we walk in dependence on him and others say, man, how'd you do that? Well, hey, it's not me. It's Christ in me. It's the, it's the, it's the God that I serve that's leading and guiding me. So uh, the longer you lead, the greater the temptation to lead out of your flesh. And you just got to have discipline to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit and lead in the Spirit. And that's what Paul's challenging Timothy with here. I think that's something we can all wrap our heads around because, I mean, if you think about it, that's just how we live our lives. Like the the the, the more we get used to something, uh, we don't get as worked up about it. I remember, I, I just jotted this down as you were talking, Vance. I remember the first time me and you went out to lunch and I was so freaked out because I'd never really talked to you. I just set up a lunch and you and I went to Chili's and I remember I was like preparing for that lunch. I'm writing questions down. And why is that? Because I had never done it before. 
but now we have a relationship and yeah. it's something that I could take for granted. Now that's okay in that situation, but it's the same in spiritual leadership. Man, when you never face something, you're on your face. You are, God, how do I get through this? You face that thing one or two times, five, six, seven, ten dozen. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I know how to do this. And there's less of a dependency on 100%. Jesus. 100%. And one of the things, Scott, that we've implemented here in our context that have provided some checks and balances for us as leaders to, to guard this is we have an annual strategic planning process. Mm. And it begins with about six weeks of just seeking God together in prayer. And we do that because, and maybe we can talk about this on another podcast, but we have a fourfold filter that we run our strategic process, strategic planning process through. One of the filters is hearing God together. We wanna know that we're gonna do this next year, not because we did it last year and it was successful. We wanna do this next year because we've heard from God together that the Spirit is leading us to go in that direction. Sometimes that means we do the same events. Sometimes it means we totally change what we've done in the past. But it's one of the filters that we've put in place to give us some checks and balances to hear God together as a team. So if you're taking notes, lead with your life, lead from the Word, lead in the spirit. This fourth one we talked about several times on this podcast, but straight from the word here in verse 15. What's that fourth one, Vince? It's lead as a learner, Scott. Paul challenges Timothy here in verse 15. He says, take pains with these things, be absorbed in them so that your progress will become evident to all. And the imperative here is take pains. And what he's saying here, the word, the phrase take pains, it's a Greek word that means to practice or to learn by repetition, or to improve by care or study. And then he says, take pains so that your progress, the word progress means movement forward to an improved state. It's the idea of growth. Paul is challenging Timothy here to do everything he can to continue to grow and develop as a leader, to take pains, to, to learn by repetition, to, to, to put care into your study so that you can grow and move forward and progress as a leader. And for me personally, I think a couple of suggestions that I would give um, that have been impactful for me is, number one, I would encourage all of our listeners, one of the ways you can do this is be a reader. Um, never stop reading. You know, I've said before, I think on this podcast, leaders are learners. And Paul's teaching us that here. And one of the ways we learn is by reading. I, I have a discipline in my own life where I try to read at a minimum a book a month. Um, and I think that that just continuously helps me to grow as a learner um, and as a leader uh, by, by implementing this thing of reading. On our staff team here at Hope, um, it's one of our stated policies that if you don't read from our ministry director level up all the way through our pastors, if you don't read at least a book a month, then you are not even qualified for the conversation of a merit raise at the end of the year because we want to know that all of our team are progressing and growing as leaders and we're putting in the time. So being a reader, a second suggestion I would give is to be a researcher. And by that, I mean always be looking for someone that's doing something better than you, has been doing it longer than you, and learn to ask questions. Whenever I get around leaders, there are some questions that I like to ask. You know, uh, what if you could do something different, what would you do? Uh, what are the top five books you've ever read? 
Uh, what's the biggest change you've made in the last five years in your leadership? Questions like that. When I get around other leaders, I want to ask those questions. And what the temptation is you get around other leaders and you want to start measuring how big of a leader you are and everybody's telling their best story. But in those environments, man, learn to be a researcher, learn to ask questions. Why? Because Paul says leaders are learners and we need to lead as a learner. I've heard it said that, you know, when you when you get a chance to sit down and be a researcher with somebody that you respect, um, that it's the temptation, like you said, to be the one to talk. You're trying to prove yourself. And um, I think it's really cool. Some, some advice I heard is basically write down one, two, five questions and just ask them those questions. I think that's what I did with you at Chili's that day. I just wanted to get to know you a little bit and I wasn't just going to blah, blah, blah the whole time because I'm nervous, but I want to learn from a guy that I respect. And so whatever you sit down with somebody that you would say is somebody further down the road than you, don't take all the time up. You value their time by asking them some questions. What are some things like Vance mentioned? What books are you reading? What are some things that you've learned in your leadership? And shut up, take notes and learn. Um, I think that's really, really cool. cool. Well, then I practice this monthly in my life. I have a guy that's on my calendar every month and he has been for the, the last probably 10 years. Um, and he's somebody who's retired. He was uh, an executive level leader uh, in corporate society. Um, he worked for companies like Apple Computer, and he just knows some things about leadership. Because Some things he knows because he had some successes, some things he knows because he had some failures. And I get to learn from his mistakes and his successes. And once a month, he just comes in and he, uh, and, you know, for the first several years, man, it was just like a fountain. And and over, over the years, now it's more of a, a relationship that we enjoy where I can bounce things off of him and get some input. But for a decade, I've been meeting every month with a leader that's just further along than me. Uh, and the beauty of that is I've been able now because of the relationship to be able to disciple him in some areas spiritually and help him grow. But he's developed me as a leader uh, in so many ways. And so I just think this principle can't be said enough. So finishing up with this last one, what is this last must of faithful spiritual leadership? Yeah, the fifth one is lead with humility. So you got lead with your life, lead from the word, lead in the spirit, lead as a learner. And then number five, lead with humility. In verse 16, Paul says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. And the the imperative is pay close attention. It means to be especially observant of something, to be focused on it. And, And what Paul's reminding Timothy here at the end is, Timothy, you're not invincible. You need to pay pay attention to you. You need to pay attention, he says, to two things, to yourself and to your teaching. Uh, Because again, what tends to happen is the longer we lead, the more confident we get in our leadership, and we begin to take some things for granted. And you see Paul reminding Timothy to say, hey, Timothy, don't forget where you came from. You need to stay humble. Uh, One of the defining marks of Christ's life in the Gospels is this element of humility. Jesus Ooze. I think it's one of the defining marks of his life. And yet so often in spiritual leadership, both in the church and outside the church, there's an absence of humility. And I think humility is born out of intimacy with Jesus, out of the love relationship with him. So Paul's reminding Timothy to be, um, to be humble. He's reminding him to pay attention to himself and to his teaching. Those two things. Number one is yourself. That speaks to your character. And number two, is your teaching. That's talking about his doctrine and what he was teaching and leading others. So inside the church, 
what Paul is talking to Timothy about here is number one, to, to pay attention to yourself, your character, your intimacy with God, your health, your rest, your finances, your relationships. You need to make sure that you're guarding those things. And then to Timothy, his teaching, what he was leading others to. And that would be applicable outside the church. And obviously, if you're a leader at a school or you're leading in business or you're leading in other places, that's not about your teaching and preaching ministry, but it's about your convictions, making sure that we're guarding those deep-rooted biblical convictions. So it's your character and it's your convictions that you should pay close attention to. And here's what I, I wrote down, Scott. Compromise is the first step towards failure as a leader when it comes to character and convictions. When we begin to make small compromises in the area of our character or in the area of our convictions, it opens the door for the enemy to have his way with us. Paul wrote in another letter in 1 Corinthians, and here's what he said, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. We all have an enemy. We have an enemy without, and we have an enemy within. Our flesh is an enemy, and obviously, the devil and his forces, the world, that's an enemy. And we need to be on guard against the enemy, knowing that we are not invincible, and we need to lead with humility. Yeah, this morning I read in the book of Psalms, and it's a psalm that you quoted um, in this meeting last month in our staff. Um, it's Psalm 36, verse 11. It's that idea of an enemy within and an enemy without. It says, let not the foot of pride come upon me. It's the enemy within. And let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. That's the enemy without. So again, this is not just... Uh, leadership principle stuff. This is stuff right out of God's word. I hope you are encouraged today out of First Timothy chapter four um, with these five imperatives for Timothy and for us as leaders. Lead with your life, lead from the word, lead in the spirit, lead as a learner and lead with humility. We are out of time for our podcast today. But once again, we really encourage you to send them some questions. Uh, I think next month we're going to do a podcast again called the three minute drill, where we just take some of your questions and um, ask Vance those questions and, and put a three minute timer on him and ask him to try to get within that three minutes. And so we've been getting some of your questions, but if you are hearing this right now and you got a question that you want answered, hit Vance up on Twitter, hit Vance up on Instagram, uh, email him. All that information can be found in the, um, in the info of this podcast. But thank you again for listening. We uh, will catch you next month on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.